It's the Last Vault Call podcast with Chris Michaels for another glorious week of broadcasting brilliance. Another four podcasts that are about to go into the ether because that's what I do every single week. So as always on Mondays, we have a glut of stories and I'm going to try and get through them extremely quickly. The first and foremost of all stories is that the New York Supreme Court, New York State Supreme Court, has ultimately said that mask mandates in public schools are no good. You cannot enforce them. Don't even try it because we are not going to abide by it. So this is fantastic news. It's unenforceable, quote unquote, and there is no way that this is constitutional. So thank goodness for the New York State Supreme Court bringing a semblance of sanity back to these spineless cowards that call themselves intellectuals that populate most of New York City, the Hamptons, and maybe go up to uh, Austin or or uh, or what do we got up there? Rochester? Nah, not Rochester. But you know, you get the idea. Westchester, Old Greenwich, if you're into the Connecticut side of things. Thank goodness that we've got some sort of brains on the Supreme Court. I assume nameplate-wearing Governor Hochul. Yeah, she's got a nameplate uh, necklace that she wears, and it says vaxxed on it. How much, of a, how much more of a jerk and a spineless coward do you have to be than Governor Hochul, where she's wearing a stupid nameplate that says vaxxed on it? I mean, how... how How stupid do you have to... I mean, it's so mind-numbingly moronic that you've got somebody like that running the state of New York. It's just stupid. So thank goodness, thank goodness, we've got something like that out here in New York, and finally we are getting a bit of sanity reintroduced. So today was a big day. We're going to go to COVID right now. Today was a big day. Senator Ron Johnson uh, decided to host a symposium, uh, that, and he invited a whole bunch of people. Dr. Malone, um, a, a lawyer, lawyer's name was Dr. Thomas, uh, not doctor, but uh, uh, Thomas Renz. Anyway, the whole point of Ron Johnson's symposium for today was that he was trying to introduce a second opinion contrary to somebody like Dr. Fauci, to introduce once more a semblance of sanity when it comes to COVID policy. And I'll start off with this. The lawyer, Thomas Renz, came out and says that miscarriages are up 500% since the vaccine mandates. Cancer rates up 300% since vaccine mandates. Neurological conditions, which by the way, infect pilots more than anybody else um, on a day-to-day basis, up 1,000%. And then Thomas uh, goes out. You can find all of this on Rumble, by the way. But Thomas comes out and says that 71% of new COVID cases actually come from the fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated being defined as two shots, uh, not a single shot, not a boosted shot, but 71% of new cases come from the fully vaccinated. So that's something that we've been talking about here on the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels for literally years because I've been coming up 
on my one-year anniversary. That's next month, less than 30 days. I've been doing four podcasts a week for a solid 52 weeks. I'm going to do something to celebrate. Uh, I'm going to do a podcast for it. So uh, I got an. It, it, this is also interesting. I belong to uh, Dr. Malone's. Uh, e- I guess his email group. So email. Uh, you know, I'm on his mailing list when it comes to my emails. So he sent out an email today, and he he reviews Senator Ron Johnson's uh, symposium today, and it's called COVID nineteen: A Second Opinion. Now. I logged into my, I have a Gmail account. I logged into my Gmail account. That email did not come through. That email didn't get put into my inbox. It didn't get put into spam. It didn't get put into any sort of other folder like promotions or anything like that. I could not view this email. However, on my email app that comes with the iPhone, so it's not a Gmail app, it's not a Google app, it's actually the email app that you use uh, that's the default uh, that comes with your iPhone. I could view the email. So I had to forward that email to myself in order to view it on my desktop. So that's just the lengths of censorship that we are now experiencing on a day-to-day basis on a very, very benign basis. I mean, who am I? I'm a stupid podcaster that has barely any audience, has almost no following on Twitter or Instagram, and yet I am being censored from seeing an email from Dr. Malone reviewing Senator Ron Johnson's COVID-19 a Second Opinion Symposium. So that's how damaging this kind of information is. And one of the things that they brought up was ivermectin prophylaxis used... For COVID-19. So what does that mean? It means that they were giving people ivermectin as a precautionary measure. So they don't have COVID, they don't have a cold, they don't have any symptoms, but just take ivermectin anyway. This is the study that they came out with and they, uh, it was published on January 15th. So a scant uh, nine days ago, a citywide perspective observational study of 223,128 subjects using propensity score matching. So let me give you a little bit of a background on statistics. When I was a young poli-sci student getting my master's degree, if you wanted a population type uh, indication or an indication of what the total population would look like. All you would have to do is poll a thousand people. And usually, if you poll a thousand people, you could extrapolate that data to make a very good generalization on the population's opinions as a whole. So, if for example, we poll a thousand people and we say that uh, 30% of or 300 people out of that thousand say that Biden is doing a good job. Uh, 7, 000, uh, 700 people out of that thousand think Biden is doing a poor job. We can then extrapolate that data for a countrywide consensus to say that 30% of America thinks Biden is doing a good job. 70% of America think thinks Biden is doing a bad job. So we have in this study for ivermectin prophylax- prophylaxis, 
We have 223,128 people in that universe. That's a lot more than a thousand people that were polled. So this is an extremely useful study. So this is the abstract for it. A citywide prevention program using ivermectin for COVID-19 was implemented in Italjai. I can't pronounce that. Uh, a southern city in Brazil in the state of Santa Catarina. The objective of this study was to evaluate the impact of regular ivermectin use on subsequent COVID-19 infection and mortality rates. The study analyzed the data from a perspective, observational study, blah, 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 on and on we go. The results, there was a 44% reduction in COVID-19 infection rate for the cohorts that used ivermectin prophylactically, which means... That in the groups, uh, in the portions of society that uh, used ivermectin, a horse dewormer, ivermectin without any symptoms, we saw a 44% reduction in COVID-19 infection rates. Number two, the regular use of ivermectin led to 68% reduction in COVID-19 mortality. So you reduced deaths by 68% just by using a horse dewormer. Number three, there was a 56% reduction in hospitalization amongst ivermectin users and non-users. After adjustment for residual variables, reduction in hospitalization rates was an astounding 67%. So what does this tell us? It tell us tells us that the horse dewormer is in fact very, very useful against spike proteins, against COVID-19, and also against COVID-19 and its variants. So let's stop the bullshit. Let's stop with all of the nonsense that the ridiculous left comes out and attacks anybody with two brain cells to rub together when they say maybe you should really consider ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine because if you look at all the studies it all shows that they have a dramatic positive impact against COVID-19. So this is the, what we're up against. And the mainstream media can do nothing more than say anything, try to cite any nonsense, idiotic study. B by the way, anything the mainstream comes out with has been promoted by the pharmaceutical industries and funded by the pharmaceutical industries. So what you must realize is that you cannot trust any one of the studies that an MSNBC or a CBS or an ABC or a CNN or even a Fox News can't trust anything that they come out with. So we must look at those studies or any news stories coming from those mainstream media outlets with a critical lens. Very, very important symposium today. So congratulations to Senator Ron Johnson. If you do nothing else in your career, please cite this uh, this uh, symposium. So, Joseph Biden is an idiot. We all know that. We all know that. Do we remember all of the Russiagate nonsense? It, can, it turns out that there's an author by the name of Peter Schweitzer. He's coming out with a book, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich by Helping China Win. 
This is something that we've been speaking about for a long time. This is what we're talking about with the, uh, the, 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 to a certain extent, the trans agenda, the gender agenda. Well, what gender are you? And, and they give children in elementary schools a big, big piece of paper with all sorts of flags on it, 15, 20 different flags. Not one of those flags show what you can choose if you are a straight child, if you are a male and you enjoy the female sex, or if you're a female and enjoy the male sex. You cannot choose a flag from this gender course in elementary school. So, I mean, please, stop. Why would you want to do something like that? Why would you want to choose to control the school boards? Why would you want to try and control the district attorneys in major Democrat-run cities? It's because you are trying to hollow out the intellectualism and the moral core and the very fiber of American society. And how are you going to do it? You're going to do it by trying to take over on a very, very subtle level, the intellectual basis, the intellectual core, the pseudo-intellectuals, as I like to call them, in very, very liberal cities like San Diego, San Francisco, L.A., Seattle, uh, Portland, New York City, uh, Boston, uh, Jersey City, I'll even throw that out there, possibly Philadelphia. So what are you going to do? You're going to core those cities and centers out. You're going to create discord with all of that. And why? Because there is another nation on the scene that is trying to make its presence be known. That nation is China. Now, if you're going to ask me if China is behind all of this, I'll say yes and no. China is the medium behind America's controlled downfall, okay? China is not in charge. China is as much in charge of its elite as America is in charge of its elite. It's not. There is a transnational organization that is pushing the world down a certain path. And it just so happens that that transnational organization is using China as its vehicle to implement its ultimate long-term goals. So, Peter Schweitzer came out with a book, Biden Family Made $31 Million from Individuals with Direct Ties to Chinese Spy Apparatus. Oh, what a surprise! The, as Breitbart News reports, multiple financiers with direct ties to Chinese intelligence partnered with Hunter Biden during and after his father's time as vice president including former head of Ministry of State Security and head of Foreign Intelligence Recruitment, and some of those relationships remain intact. What does that mean? It means that Chinese foreign intelligence has a direct line to the president of the United States. One of the central early players in the Biden's Chinese deals is a tycoon by the name of Che Feng, or, quote-unquote, the super chairman, as Hunter and his partners referred to him. Che, the son of PLA soldier, has been described as a shadowy and discreet investor whose father-in-law was the governor of the People's Bank of China and whose business partner was the vice president of state security, a man by the name of Ma Jian. Schweitzer writes that Ma has reportedly 
uh, was reportedly the director of the ministry's number eight bureau, overseeing North American operations targeting foreigners with its counterintelligence apparatus. So what does that mean? It means that this bureau, number eight bureau, goes after high-level high-value members of society within the political class, within the social class, law, banking, whatever you want to call it, medical, uh, anything, any one of those. They go after those individuals. They dig up dirt on those people, and they bribe them, and they blackmail them. And if they don't do what the Number 8 Bureau wants them to do, a lot of this dirty laundry is going to be aired to the public, which would ultimately end any sort of tenure, any sort of partnership they have at a bank or a firm or a CPA firm, anything like that. So the best thing to do is just play ball with the Chinese. And these individuals on the Chinese side have a direct line to the presidency of the United States. Not only that, these individuals have a direct line of communication to the president's family. So if you want to talk about seditious activities, if you want to talk about treason or a traitor or a fifth columnist, don't talk about Donald Trump. Talk about Joseph Biden. And Joseph Biden can do nothing more than stick a foot in his mouth, as he did today when Fox News's Peter Ducey said, do you think inflation is a political liability ahead of the midterms? He asked Joseph Biden that. Now, does everybody remember how the liberal elite was so up in arms because Trump was orange man bad and he was saying mean things to people over twatter and he gave it to the mainstream media he didn't show any of them any sort of respect he called them stupid he shut them up he told them to shut up he would walk out of press conferences he would give press conferences for one to two hours a day biden doesn't come anywhere close to that obama is a joke even though Obama is the de facto president in this uh, in this administration, uh, thanks to Jen Psaki, who came out and said, oh, we talked to President Obama, I mean, President Biden all the time about this. Uh, yeah, she screwed up. So anyway, a, a reporter came out today and asked Biden that question. Do you think inflation is a political liability ahead of the midterms? So Biden sarcastically answered, thinking that his microphone was off. No, it's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Oh my God. How come we are not demanding Biden get removed from every single social media platform? How come Biden isn't censured? How come Biden isn't impeached for disrespectfully expressing himself towards a Fox News reporter that dared to ask a question about inflation. Oh my goodness, the utter hypocrisy that we see here in this administration is nauseating. It is outright lunacy that these people hold Biden to such a strikingly different standard than they held Donald Trump to that you do not have to question whether or not the mainstream media is ultimately compromised and 
futile. It, they are a limp, dribbly noodle when it comes to getting information from mainstream or from politicians. And ultimately, the mainstream media is worthless when it comes to distributing fair and balanced information and real truthful information. If you want an example of the mainstream media not doing its job, all you have to do is look towards the crisis in Ukraine. If you're to believe the Western mainstream media, Russia is about to invade. Russia is putting nuclear weapons at the border. Russia has 200,000 troops just waiting to invade the Ukraine and take over Kiev. And on top of that, they're going to bomb Kiev and Ukraine with nuclear weapons. Why would Russia bomb the Ukraine with nuclear weapons, a country that it shares a border with? It makes no sense. What you're looking at is propaganda. What you're looking at is utter lunacy and outright lies. This came from BuzzFeed. Some Ukrainians are angry about Washington ordering diplomats' families to leave the U.S. Embassy. A source close to President Zelensky said, quite frankly, these Americans are safer in Kiev than they are in Los Angeles or any other crime-ridden city in the United States. By the way, President Zelensky is referring to Democrat-run cities in the United States. So what is he saying? He's basically telling us that the United States is ginning up trouble. The United States and the West and England and Israel, they are trying to create a war in the Ukraine between their proxies and the Russian military. The decision announced by the Department of State cited the threat of Russian military action. It comes as, at, as a staggering number of Russian soldiers with heavy weaponry continuously arrive at areas along the Ukraine border. By the way, Russia is allowed to put whatever troops it wants to put along its border as long as it stays in Russia. Nobody can say anything otherwise. Russia could put a million troops along its border as long as it stays within its borders. You cannot say anything otherwise. That does not mean that Russia is going to invade Europe. It certainly doesn't mean that Russia is going to invade the Ukraine. And all the while, all the while, the United States has been saying, oh, I cannot believe that Russia is trying to overthrow the government of the Ukraine. How could they dare do something like that? Well, the United States did that same exact thing back in 2000, what is it, 2014 with the color revolutions. So how on earth could anybody say that, oh my gosh, we're just shocked and appalled that Russia would dare try to influence the political climate of the Ukraine, a country it borders itself with, a country that was overthrown by the West, a country that had its democratically elected leader overthrown in a coup instigated by the West and funded by the West and funded by George Soros. How on earth could Russia be so flabbergasted? Well, I don't know. Let's put the shoe on the other foot. Let's assume that Russia 
funds separatists in Mexico. Let's assume that Russia overthrows the government of Mexico, and then Russia quickly sends hundreds of millions of dollars worth of weapons into the hands of cartel members that run Mexico. And then when the United States gets bent out of shape, Russia then cries foul, goes to the world stage and says, See? The United States is the aggressor. The United States is about to invade Mexico. How could the United States even think about invading another free, sovereign country? It's the same kind of thinking. It's nonsense. The power elite must be stopped. The power elite cannot be allowed to get away with this. They can't be allowed to get away with the COVID hoax. They certainly cannot be allowed to get away with any sort of third world war nonsense being instigated in the Ukraine. That's the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. Get ready for another three podcasts this week. As always, you can find me and like me, not that any of you do, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Last Call Caravan. Oh, by the way, the song list is out this week. You can go on Spotify and find Last Call Podcast Songs of the Week 124, January 24th. And uh, we did a bit of a hip hop uh, slant, Moss Def, Talib Kweli. Uh, and you can go there, find it uh, if you're into that sort of thing. So. As always, gird your loins for another riveting week of broadcasting with The Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels.